Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to the latest episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills. And here we are, right, with no Buffalo Bills football for this weekend, for this Sunday. And of course, that's because the Bills, with the big victory over the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day, 26-15. to 15. I'll say, and some refer to it as shocking the world, right, with the Bills pulling off the major upset, having been seven-point underdogs to the Cowboys, but for fans of the Bills, like myself, right, we we anticipated the t- team to come out and to compete, put together a good game plan, and that is what the Buffalo Bills did with the big victory on Thanksgiving Day, now sitting at 9-3, and three, and here we are. We get to sit right at week 13 of the NFL season. Sit back, relax, knowing that the Bills are still in some prime position for a wild card, and unfortunately, just a wild card. Right? You think you you sit at nine and three, you've got the third best record in the AFC, but of course, when you're in the same division as the New England Patriots, you're looking up at them at this point. But we all know the Patriots do play the Texans in a tough game on Sunday night, and who knows what can happen down the stretch here. But for right now, I think there's a lot for us as Bills fans to just be optimistic about. Not over the top optimism, right? I mean, listen, you beat the Cowboys. That's, you know, again, I think for many of us, that was an expectation. The team came out and played well, despite a a rough start to the game, right? That saw the couple of penalties, the Cowboys marching down the field for the Jason Witten touchdown completion from Dak Prescott. Even turned to my family at that point and said, I don't I don't know if this was such a good idea. And then the Bills really turned it on for the remainder of the game, for the most part, right, dominating the the game on Thursday and getting that twenty-six to fifteen victory. And and for myself and for the topic of this podcast today, it's really talking about and focusing on four guys, and, and I don't even want to use the term like a transition, but four guys that have really stood out to me in the last three games, and this is since the loss at Cleveland. I, I think we look back at that one, right? And at that time, the team was sitting at 6-3, and three, the 19-16 to 16 loss to the Browns, the, the missed field goals by Steven Hauschka, the uh, defense giving up the, the last-minute drive to the Browns in, in losing that game, right? And People were all over the place. They're questioning Allen. They're questioning Dable. They're questioning the defense. They're questioning McDermott. It was really that one, I guess what I would call bad loss on the schedule, because I think for most of it, it's a game you looked at and said, okay, it's, you know, the Browns sitting at two and six. You should win this game. What takes place with it? And and more so as we talk about, you know, after that, you you have a tough loss or one that you feel like you let get away. And it becomes a little bit more of, okay, how do you respond after that? And for me, really four guys that have, I guess you could say that I've I've pretty much noticed. And, and maybe I'll even throw a fifth in there as well. I think I, I think I will as I go go through with it, right? But, you know, five guys that you've started to see flash and whatever, if it was some sort of a, a wake-up call, if it was something that just like, I don't even know what to say, right? Like as you, you look at these pieces, not to say that they've flipped a switch, 
But, you know, sometimes you've seen teams before, they have that bad loss, they regain some focus, and all of a sudden then, you know, they they come back and they start to look, I guess you could say, the way the way that you would hope they would. So there's five guys on my list I'm going to go through. Some you might accept, expect, some you may not, but the um, uh, the first guy on my list is Star Latulalele. And, you know, here's a guy in his last three games, he's had – uh, two sacks of the quarterback. He had the big interception, um, which was just which was just great to see. He had a uh, got a hand on a field goal attempt for the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day, and you know here's a guy that we talk about from the minute that he signed his contract with the Bills. Many thought it was too high. Many looked at it because he was a former Carolina Panther and the the whole narrative that went along with that. And, and also being a guy that does not play a position that really racks up a lot of statistics. Well, for better or for worse or whatever is taking place over these last three games, you know, Star has been a, a new man on the field. And I say that in having some of these splash plays breaking through that you would no, normally not see from a defensive tackle like him. So, you know, as you look back at it, the sack in the Miami game where, you know, those guys just just so active throughout that game, another sack against the Denver Broncos, and then again, getting his hands on the ball on the uh, the blown up screen pass from Dak Prescott and and the interception. And, uh, you know, it was funny to see. I was curious with what was happening when, you know, he got touched down, but then all of a sudden he's up and running for the end zone. I don't know if his teammates were telling him like, hey, they didn't touch you, you know, get up and run if it was almost some sort of a practical joke. But for Star Latulalele, I think many fans, again, have looked at it. They've been critical of him in the past, more so critical of the contract. But here's a guy now that, again, one of the anchors on this defensive line for the team. Things have definitely shored up for that defense since the Cleveland game. And I think he's one of those guys that deserves a ton of credit for it. Again, not someone that you would look at and expect him to get sacks. You certainly would not expect him to get an interception, but a big play for the Bills in the game on Thursday uh, that really was a bit of a turning point for the defense when you weren't quite sure yet is, you know, are the Cowboys still going to be able to, you know, be that top ranked uh, offense in the NFL and move up and down the field on the Bills. So for Star, definitely someone that stood out for me. Another guy over these past three weeks that, you know, maybe not as, as big of the splash plays, but I think as you you look at it, I mean, let's talk about Shaq Lawson at this point. Three and a half sacks since the loss to the Cleveland Browns. And and again, you've seen his snap count continue to go up, right? More of a 50-50 split with Trent Murphy. And I think for Shaq, it's interesting. You know, he's in a contract year. We talked about him on our free agency podcast just a couple of episodes ago. But here's a guy that you know, you knew there was the talent, right? When he came out of Clemson, a, a storied career playing for a national power, comes in as the number 19 pick, battling some injuries right from the get-go. For the most part, right, you would consider that a bit of a lost rookie season speculation. Would the Bills try to trade him during this past offseason or the offseason before? What could you get for him? Maybe a third-round pick, this and that. Right now, I mean, this guy is delivering on your defensive line, right? When you talk about pressuring the quarterback, still only 25 years old, right? So as we talk about this, he's got five and a half sacks on the season, but three and a half of them coming in the last week. And and here's a guy that is playing with a new sense of purpose, I guess you could say. Maybe it's the contract year, maybe it's not. But as we talked about him before, you know, with with Jerry Hughes and, you know, Trent Murphy and 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 
kind of taking the age factor into consideration. You know, is Shaq Lawson a piece that the Bills will look to use part of the $90 million in cap space that they have for the 2020 offseason to bring back? But for him, definitely a guy getting noticed and whether it's noticed that, uh, hey, he's going to get a contract extension from the Bills. I, you know, I don't even want to get into the franchise tag just yet, but a guy that is, you know, making his presence felt kind of becoming uh, more of a complete defensive end. You know, we've seen him deflect passes before. We've heard, you know, from experts that he's good against the run, but now adding that pass rush piece to it, I'm curious to see what he can do down the stretch. And of course, he's going to be an important component in next Sunday's game against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, a third guy on the defensive line, definitely standing out for us. And he started to, again, you talk about that national stage starting to garner some more attention is truly Ed Oliver, the number nine overall draft pick for the Bills. Four sacks in his last three games. And as you remember, right, it was the games against the Washington Redskins and the Cleveland Browns in weeks nine and ten, where he really, I don't want to use the term benched, but his snap count took a significant hit. Now, at first, when we looked at that game against the Redskins, maybe it was just sort of game plan here. It wasn't too much to read into it, where the game against Cleveland, um, you, you saw that dip continue. And you started to think to yourself, okay, this guy's a bit too talented. You, you hear guys like uh, Joe Biscaglia and others that evaluate the All-22 saying he really was not the problem on the defense, whether it was Sean McDermott sending some sort of a message, whatever it may have been. If there was a message to be delivered, he most certainly uh, he most certainly got it. And over these past three weeks, again, four sacks for him, a pass deflection, a forced fumble uh, that we saw, you know, the the strip sack fumble against Dak Prescott on Thursday. And Ed Oliver, I mean, if he continues, again, you think of the combination of him and Jordan Phillips and what these two guys have been this season, combining for 12 sacks at the defensive tackle position, um, a formidable duo that can help keep each other fresh. But again, based on different looks, based on different pass rushing situations, um, just love what we're seeing from him. And as this young guy continues to develop, especially this stretch over the last three weeks, it's like, well, most certainly when you spend the number nine overall pick on someone and you're expecting a dynamic type of performer, we have most certainly seen that from Ed Oliver. You most certainly saw it on Thursday against the Cowboys. I mean, really just one of these standout performers. But it's not just the case of, oh, this was a breakout performance. We've seen it over the last three weeks where he has been wreaking havoc on offensive lines and love what we saw from him on Thursday. Ed Oliver truly standing out in this game. You know, a guy that's gotten a lot of the headlines for the Bills, and understandably so, has been Josh Allen. And and you talk about Josh, and you think back to, uh, again, that game against Cleveland. And gosh, I mean, if we could just erase that, in some ways, most fans probably will. But again, sometimes you do need to fall on your face a little bit to be able to regroup, get some focus. Um, it was after that game that then Brian Dable moved up to the booth where we've seen a, a great change in, in Allen, right? I mean, the victories over the Dolphins, Broncos, and Dallas, right? I mean, here's just the stat lines, okay? We've got uh, against Miami, 21 for 33, 256 yards, three passing touchdowns, one on the ground. You know, against Denver, 15 for 25 with two passing touchdowns and an interception. And then against Dallas, 19 for 24, 79% completion, 231 yards, a touchdown, and adding one with his feet. And, you know, and you kind of look at this and you think to yourself, I mean, many folks, right, 
And we always talk about the national media and those people that hate on Josh Allen and you don't get enough respect and all this and that. And then there was a question of, man, this young guy is going to be playing on Thanksgiving Day in Dallas. How amped up is he going to be? Is he going to be too amped up? Is this going to be something that you've got to worry about? This and that. Like, is it just going to be too much adrenaline? And then, you again, you see the Bills get off to a little bit of a rough start in the first quarter. The Cowboys march down the field, all these pieces, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, man, is this going to be – is this going to be a rough day? And uh, it most certainly was not, right? And you look at Allen, he was uh, cool under pressure, did a good job in the pocket, scrambled when he needed to, um, the the fourth down run right off the the fumbled snap and then making the heroic play, I guess you could say, to, uh, you know, the second and third effort to, to get the first down in that. You know, you just look at Josh Allen, and again, you talk about the loss to Cleveland, not a good game, right? 22 for 41. I mean, it just was a just a bit of an ugly performance by the offense as a whole, right? Things were just not working that day. And, and that was the one week where folks really started to question themselves because it was a, a weird three-game stretch, right? You had the loss to Philadelphia where he was under 50% passing, then the game against Washington where he was more of a game manager, then the loss to Cleveland. And and really, right, you started to scratch your head and think to yourself, like, okay, I want this to be the guy, but is he the guy? And if you were on Twitter, you'd see Bills fans going back and forth, fighting with each other. And now he's put together a three-game stretch where he's shown some, you know, again, he's shown progress, he's shown poise. And as you go through all of it, you think to yourself, all right, you know, I'm I'm thankful that Josh Allen is the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. And just because he's continued to make the pro- the progress, you know that not everything is going to be perfect. But as he continues to move forward, this switch to Brian Dable um, up in the box, I think has been a great one for Allen. More of the up-tempo, a bit of a no-huddle feel to the offense has certainly helped him. Um, and using that, the 11 personnel group, where they've really gone with a heavy amount of snaps, right, with Isaiah McKenzie, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox, and Devin Singletary. Although we've seen Robert Foster start to creep in a bit more, which is great to see too. But, you know, more of the continuity with that group, less switching things up, less substitutions, more no huddle. Um, Love what you're seeing from Josh Allen in these past three weeks. And it was nice to see him do this on a national stage with over 32 million viewers on Thanksgiving Day. Finally, the last guy I want to make note of is Cole Beasley, right? And I mean, I think you'd see different things this week whenever someone returns to play their former team. You know, you're calling it the Cole Beasley revenge game. And, uh, you know, and he downplayed it of just like, hey, it's just another game. I appreciated my time with this franchise, many friends on that team, blah, blah, blah. And then you saw the reception that he got when he returned into the locker room on Thursday after the game. So, this was most clearly uh, more than just a game for him. And, you know, you look at him now, six catches for 110 yards on Thursday and a touchdown. The game before that against the Broncos going six for 76 and a touchdown. You know, don't look now, but I mean, he's got 55 receptions for 635 yards and five touchdowns on the season. And, you know, you put all this together. I know we've talked before about what the Bills receiving core looked like in 2018 and just how, you know, things weren't working there. Josh Allen, the rapport, right, that he already has with John Brown. Now you look at it with Cole Beasley. 
you know, just continuing to be that reliable target for the quarterback and Beasley just continuing to make plays. And, and, you know, we've referenced Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, a couple of times. You you know that he came up under Belichick, his time in New England. You've seen how, you know, their offense has always relied on guys like Wes Welker and Julian Edelman. And I'm, I'm not saying that Cole Beasley is that guy right now, but, you know, you look at these past couple of weeks and what he's been able to do again, you know, not just being a reliable target, but a reliable target in the red zone where there's always this kind of talk and narrative of, you know, big red zone type of targets. You know, you need a guy with some size or this and that. And, you know, here's Cole Beasley, all five foot eight, 174 pounds of him, um, you know, becoming that that guy. And, you know, as you look at it right through the first five weeks of the season, no touchdowns for him. But as you go through with his last seven games in Buffalo, he's got five touchdowns scored. And and that's something that I think really stands out for him, for many fans. It was great to see on Thursday's game. And those are really the five guys for me, right? Since that, again, tough stretch against the Cleveland Browns and that bit of a stinker of a game. But it's been Beasley, Allen, Oliver, Lawson, and Starr. Those five guys have definitely turned it up a notch, and they're not the only ones, right? I mean, here, I'm talking about guys standing out, and I'm not bringing up someone like Trey White or not talking about the you know, the difference that Devin Singletary is making. I mean, these are guys that are, that are just doing great, great work, or even a Cody Ford, right, being thrust in against guys like Demarcus Lawrence and uh, Von Miller over these past two weeks. But again, these are five that have really sort of jumped off the page for me. I'd be curious to get your takes. You can always hit me up on Twitter. Twitter at Anthemarino uh, at any time, buffalorumblings.com. Love to get all your feedback. And as I always say, make sure you subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel, right? If you guys would just do it, you will not be disappointed because not only do you get every episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, you get Nick and Nolan, Circling the Wagons, Mafia Mavens, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, Believe, and Blitz Bills. So check it all out. Um, And I hope everybody enjoys a a bit of a quiet weekend, right? You can watch some other games. You can, you know, check out our rooting interest piece at buffalorumblings.com and decide who you want to pull for as it relates to the playoff picture. Um, I know most of you will be rooting for the Houston Texans on Sunday night against the Patriots. and, And enjoy your weekend. And again, next week we'll have plenty of podcasts for you as we get ready for next Sunday, right, December 8th, as the Buffalo Bills welcome the Baltimore Ravens to New Era Field. So everybody take care. Enjoy your weekend. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And as always, go Bills.